Hi, I'm Eric. And I'm Lauren. And you're listening to Podcast Podcast. The podcast that talks about how great podcasts are. How self-obsessed. I, we're both really excited about this episode. We I, we're are so like excited about everything. Giddy. We are generally excited about everything, but this podcast, yeah. I mean, this episode in particular, we're I just We're always faking so it except for this one. If that's true. But you will notice that Alan's not here. So, Thank uh, goodness. he learned some lessons. I can say mean things about him because he doesn't listen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the special episode next week. Oh, my gosh. Shit on Alan time. Oh. <laughs> the whole episode is the just whole episode is just like about him. get it out. What, knowing I him, literally that would be the one he couldn't to. think of. I was trying to think of something funny to say. Like I can't think of anything <laughs> negative about him. So he's too handsome. Yeah, and it's off putting. I mean, it's it is off putting. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, I I I, I blush. Yeah. I, he's one one bad thing. At least if you're in a relationship. Oh, now I'm spilling all the tea. Oh, um, is that um he is always right, and I don't mean. He always has to be right because he doesn't. He's not like it's not like that. It just is that he actually is always right. Yeah. Does that make I sense? I know people like that. Yeah. And and I'm like, no, I I know I remember this correctly. I have a terrible memory, but I, sometimes I'm but like you're really sure. stubborn on it. You're like positive. And it always he's always right. My least favorite thing about Alan yeah. is that um, he's quietly says the perfect joke. Ugh. And you don't even notice that he just made the perfect joke. So then like two seconds later, you, I make the joke louder and more <laughs> obvious. But I'll just make, make the same joke later than he does, but in a more obvious clunky way. Yep. And then I'll, a minute later, I'll be like, oh, Alan Wait, already said that. I'm realizing I, I got stupid. that idea. Because he just like slips it out. I do the same thing. Like, God, Because so you know, you both know Alan well. Like in a social setting, he isn't like, Lauren, you and I come in like with a marching band and we are like, I'm here. Yeah. Check out my, how funny I am. Yeah. And Alan does Alan's not. Alan's just like. But when he has one. Check out how funny I am. Yeah. <laughs> Let's um, get going. Let's quickly get through show notes. show nuts. Okay, really if you weren't fast. listening to the last episode when Alan was on, he uh, so officially funny. changed our show notes section to show nuts. So, so forever now, forevermore. starting now, Approved. if we all remember. Yeah. Okay. Alan's always right. Um, first of all, call the big listen. How do we do that, Lauren? Call 202-885-POD1 or email wow. big listen at org if you don't have a phone. Boy, does that seem easy. And tell Lauren that podcast podcast is your favorite podcast even if it's not true and tell her that she looks beautiful yeah even if you're calling on the phone yeah just kiss up a little bit some never can hurt to kiss some up. lies are good yeah as we will learn later on in the episode oh my god Bring it all <gasps> together. um note two real quick yeah i was just thinking about starlight kind and That's so funny she is was actually involved in S Town, like she so. Was? You want to be sad for her, but like she's been hired by like the serial crew, and they're going to be putting out more podcasts, and she's involved in all this. So like we can be happy. In a previous That's episode, great. we were talking about how her podcast, which was called Mystery Show, uh-huh. was canceled in a very awkward way by Gimlet Media. They kind of like canceled the show, and they didn't do it right. Yeah, and I loved her show like more than anything, so it was really sad for her. But now we can be happy for her because she's doing great things. And it makes so much sense because she was like an investigative journalist basically yeah. on Mystery Show, and now she gets to do that. It on reminds S-Town. me of one of those things where like I've been fired twice, like in very bad situations, and yep. both times like later on, I'm like devastated. I feel like I've been dumped. I go through all the stages of a breakup where I'm like in denial and I'm mad and. Then I don't care. And later on, I'm always like, that's why that happened. Yeah, Every time you yeah. always have to remember you're going to, it's going to make sense. Yep. You, it's so hard to think that, yeah. but it's true. No, it's so true. I know with my recent, like the last time I was applying for a job, there were like all these jobs that I really, really wanted and was so disappointed when I didn't get them. And look at you now. And then I got the best job. Thank God you didn't get one of those. I know. Jobs. It's so true. Anyway, all the time. and then there's congrats, Starly. Well, congrats, Starly. We're very happy for We're you. We're rooting for you. And the world is a better place now that you're <laughs> in podcast land again. Um, and then finally, just quick update about third love bras. Oh my I 
you're the, it continues you know me do i give up on things eric do <laughs> Don't i think so never unless it's trying to find out when the bra was invented no in which case that's you impossible to yeah. know but um i really i tried again i was like maybe i made a mistake because yeah. like how could they possibly not have my size for all this time yeah and I just got a note that's like, we don't currently carry your size, but we're working around the clock to add more. Please check back soon. And guess what? I have checked back. I don't believe they're working around the clock. How <laughs> hard is it? How much clock do you have to work around right. to get me a goddamn bra? Shouldn't be that hard. No. It's kind of your whole gig. So I just, I if anyone has any tips on what's going on at Third Love, like, is it like a... Uh, like is it like a drug lord with a secret company you know what i mean like <laughs> i'm just i'm just super suspicious yeah has anyone else had this problem someone else you should try to, to order you should look to twitter and like yeah maybe get like starly on this maybe that should be the next serial <gasps> yeah, podcast starly please get on this There's so many things for her to do i know she's busy but this is important this is the most important i think um should now, we get to our sponsor a word from our sponsor our sponsor this week is zip recruiter as all of you know, I'm a pretty busy guy. With all this podcasting, I don't know how any of you could possibly expect me to zip up my pants or skirt every day. So I don't. And sometimes I get arrested. Or I used to. Not anymore. Because ZipRecruiter recruits zipping professionals to fly to the rescue to zip you up after you use the bathroom. Get your clothes on. Or when you just put your pants on in the middle of the day at your desk at work for some reason. They'll zip up that zipper faster than you can say, thanks ZipRecruiter. But definitely say, <laughs> but definitely say that after they do it, because come on, it's not polite. It's nice to be polite sometimes. I'm sorry, I, I'm having trouble with this ZipRecruiter one because I'm enjoying it so much. Okay, good. Okay, definitely remember, definitely say thanks ZipRecruiter because it's nice to be polite. Never again will you expose yourself at your niece's baptism during a video conference with the London office or while you're podcasting with your podcast, 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 the podcast that talks about other podcasts. Think of the embarrassment this will save, not to mention the legal fees. Sorry, lawyers, you won't be needed so much now that Zip Recruiter's in town. And listen, I know what you're thinking, but how good are ZipRecruiter pros zipping up my pants? They're real good. They went to a special school that took many hours and had to take lots of papers and quizzes. So trust me when I say these zippers know what they're doing. So go to ZipRecruiter.com now and enter officer code podcast podcast. And as a bonus, they'll even massage your breasts for 15 minutes before your very first zip up. ZipRecruiter, they'll zip up your pants or skirt. Wow, I didn't know that existed, but it's a good, it's now a, they're our sponsor, so thank you. It's that thing where it's like, like fool me once, shame on right. me, fool me twice, I'm getting arrested again for my exactly. zipper being down. So, oh, so I hate that. It's such a good service. Thanks, ZipRecruiter. Everyone check it out. And again, I didn't misspe- misspeak, it's officer code podcast podcast that was that was a typo in the show notes no that's oh. it, they use uh that's a uh, common misconception zip oh, recruited uses uses officer, officer codes. codes yeah okay okay yeah. well they are they're thinking ahead they're ahead of us all they really basically they, because sorry the zippers are called zipping officers oh man yeah exactly there's a lot i hope they give some sort of guide or something to this well i do have some questions before the zipper comes you get um a a pamphlet with instructions in a refrigerated box sent to your house thank i was about to ask yeah yeah so don't worry you will get to educate yourself on the whole zipping process okay oh my gosh what a great product wish i had thought of it oh (laughs) and we could have thought of it and made a bunch of easy residual income Uh, I think we need to, this has been a lot. Let's get to our first clip. Oh my gosh. Okay. Clip one is with Katie Couric's podcast, which I think is just called Katie Couric. I didn't know about this before this. Well, I do you like Katie Couric. Yeah. Cause I do too. Cause she's like super sweet, but then she likes us biting questions. Well, like you're like, wait, she's sweet, but she just said something like, you know, like sharp. Yeah. And she, that's why people open up to people open up to her. Yeah. But in this episode, um, number 23, she interviews Dan Tabarski. 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 And Dan Tabarski <laughs> is fun. the guy that did the <laughs> Missing Richards. I kept on thinking I'd get it right, and I don't think I ever did, I liked, and I never will. I liked being there with you on that journey. Thanks. That was fun, guys. <laughs> um, I don't know how to talk or say names. I think we've established that mm. before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so he's the qualities. one that did the Missing Richards Simmons podcast yeah did you did you listen yeah. to that okay mm-hmm. 
Yeah. You listen to all of it? Uh-huh. Ooh. For some reason. Quickly, thumbs up, thumbs down, or thumbs pointing to the west? Thumbs pointing to the west, I think. Okay. There was some entertaining stuff, but overall it was like um, maybe an hour of entertaining stuff in the whole podcast. Okay, so in case you missed it, Missing Richard Simmons was a podcast project by a documentary maker, Dan Taberski. And Dan tried to track down celebrity trainer Richard Simmons, whom nobody has seen in years. And Dan said he's worried about Richard Simmons. And the podcast comes from his genuine concern for Richard's well-being. Because they were actually friends, Dan yeah, and Yeah, he like took yeah. his class. Yeah. And um, at first I thought this meant maybe... I was actually worried about Richard Simmons. When I first heard that they were doing this, I was like... You know, is he dead? Is Did Scientologists kidnap him or something? But actually, and according to Dan himself, Richard Simmons is like fine and just like hiding in his house. Yeah. Um, but Dan is still worried that someone as social as Richard Simmons would become a recluse. So he gives Richard the serial treatment, trying to track him down and drag him out of his house, whether what Richard Simmons is up to is any of his business or not. Um. The New York Times called Missing Richard Simmons morally suspect. Mm. And I mean, here are the facts. These are like the facts that the newspapers have reported and even uh, Dan admits. We know for sure that he's living at home and is in close contact with a small circle of family and friends. And um, Dan expressed concern. And I actually thought about this. I I didn't listen to the podcast, but I've read about it a lot. And... um, I mean, I listened to like the first episode, but Dan was worried that maybe he just became obese and was like so ashamed that he didn't. But uh, according to reports, he's in fighting shape. So mm. he's not obese. Um, I think the other important thing to, to note is that the whole time Dan was saying like, if he just wanted to like retire and like be done and be out of the public spotlight, like that is great. I don't think anyone would have a problem with that, but it was the way that he just disappeared overnight and the, his closest people, he just like, like cut off all contact. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what I think worried him. I get, okay. But let, Do you know what I mean? Yes. I had a really hard time getting a clip from this episode because there are so many good parts, mm. but let's listen to this. What really happened is that ultimately the person that we got closer to Richard than we ever thought we would, which was the manager and who shut me down over and over and who and he's known Richard for 30 years. Um, and then he decided to talk to me and gave me a quite an extensive interview and said some things really. I mean, he speaks for Richard in, in every way. Uh, and he said some things that were really surprising and really moving. And it became um, a, a more real story and a sadder story. Um, that made the other stuff feel unimportant. Look, we all we all know that, that, that this is you know uh, a, a a very uh, emotional, um, empathetic, sympathetic, compassionate person. Uh, I think anybody that has those traits over a long period of time, yeah, I think goodbyes are tough. Yeah. Most people want you know you know want 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 that last bow. Not everybody. Are you worried that Richard is upset with you for doing this? And I guess he is, or you've gotten the the vibe that he is, or not? Um, I don't know. I actually I mean, his, haven't heard his, from Richard. His, but no, but through his representatives and his avoidance of of you. <laughs> You know, he's just not that into you, Dan, apparently. Yeah. I mean, to be clear, it's not hard to avoid somebody when they're not. I mean, he is an isolated person. He 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 is in his home, does not speak. He's not he's he's isolating himself. So it's not like we weren't throwing rocks at his window. It's just like, Richard, come out. Like that is not anywhere but yeah, near. But obviously you reached out repeatedly to all his his representatives and – yeah, you know, clearly he knew that that's what you ultimately wanted. Look, if anybody had, if anybody has a problem with me calling his publicist a couple too many times, like that is the least of our worries here. You know, no, for the but most... I mean, he was clearly avoiding you. I guess is yes, the bottom it line. Certainly, is that yes. And are you worried that he is going to be like Dan? Get off my back. Leave me alone. Why are you doing this? Why are you capitalizing on our relationship? I, I don't want I want to be alone. I don't want this kind of attention. I'm pissed. It's possible for sure. I don't know. He hasn't told me. I think it's not so much what I did. 
I think it's the way other people reacted to it. And so the press that follows. So now, you know, like I just saw in People magazine, there's a picture of his housekeeper, like taking out the recycling, like literally people camped out. Are you Uh, sorry that you kind of started that? I am sorry for any negatives because I don't I, I really like him. I think he's really special and I know he's a really sensitive guy. And But am I do I am I really proud of it? Yeah. And do I think it's impacted a lot of people? And I think. I think to remind people about empathy at a time when studies show that empathy is at an all time low, I'm sure at an all time. Exactly. At an all time low. Like it's a real thing. And so to remind people of the specialness of that, like I'm really proud of that. And I think it's had an impact. Um, OK, so he's really not apologizing for anything. Um, I, I And it's funny because he says it's not like we were throwing rocks at his window. But he kind of was. I mean, they like went to the house and they like yeah. rang the doorbell well, and stuff. One of after. the best parts of did you listen to the whole clip? No, huh? Because there's this part I really thought about including. Um, when it was all over, he put the podcast on a boombox and put the boombox outside of Richard's home with balloons on it, with a note that said, "We're coming back tomorrow at nine a.m. I hope you're there to talk to us. We'll stay for ten minutes." That's kind of throwing rocks at someone. That's kind of throwing rocks. And then, and it's funny because he said, it. she was like, well, what happened? And he was like, well, it was really like anticlimactic. Like I got pooped on by a bird and it started raining and I walked away and I thought, that's actually like a beautiful moment. <laughs> that's like, I, if there's anything I want to hear in this podcast, it's you going to Richard Simmons' house. I, why did they not include right. that? That's actually a beautiful moment. That's a very interesting moment of this man. His whole project hinges on Richard Simmons coming to the door and he doesn't and he gets pooped on by a bird and it starts raining. To me, I would have liked to hear that. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> and you know, he's he's like, he admits that Richard's isolated, so I don't understand why he, you know, is so surprised. Um, well, I feel like the whole concern is that there is this, like, woman who works for him that lives in his house that's like a full-time live-in maybe housekeeper caretaker whatever and she a a lot of people he talked to say that she is very controlling and that she kind of like you know puts boundaries on him and in some people's concern is that she is keeping him in the house and for reasons maybe for like get you know getting inheritance and support or something she that she is controlling him and I don't know if that's true. I'm a conspiracy theorist at heart, so I kind of like am very that very much piques my interest just because it's so strange the way he disappeared all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. But I think, but you don't have to make a podcast about it that makes you money. Well, exactly right, and he, you can feel the desperation in in during the podcast that he knows it would be so huge if he could actually get to him, and it feels. It feels more like self-serving at points. Well, it's funny because I heard on a podcast, I didn't listen to S-Town or this, mm-hmm. but I was listening to a podcast <laughs> describing both of them. <laughs> and it was saying how they're total opposites because Missing Richard Simmons is all about Dan. And it's mm. just for Dan. S-Town is telling a story and it goes back and is tells you a lot about the characters. It's telling, it's there's a purpose. It's, totally. not, it's not selfish. Yeah. Um, Dan takes no responsibility. He at one point he says, "This is it, none of this was my fault. It's it's people's faults for reacting this way." And um, Katie asks him if he made any mistakes in the podcast, and he's like, "The only mistakes I made are mistakes that no one would notice," which isn't true because everyone is noticing that this is like not ethical. Right. Every, everyone. And then he says, "If there's one thing I wish I knew, it's how it's I wish I had known that this podcast would change once people started listening to it." And I don't know how you wouldn't know that and that's the one thing that's all you learned from this and that just makes me think he does know what a big deal the podcast would be how much attention would it receive and how people would take issue with it he says he had no idea how big it would be yeah um i mean i can see that point of it but it's also like are you only going to act ethically if you think it's going to be big do you know what i mean i know and then Katie like whips out the New York Times piece that calls the show morally morally suspect. And uh-huh. She's like, the New York Times called your show morally suspect, and he interrupts her and is like, oh, by the way, I've never read that piece. I've never, I have no idea what it says. And it's like, so he doesn't want any criticism. Yeah. And it's like, if the New York Times wrote about you, wouldn't you read it? Yeah, like, probably. So my first question to you, Eric, is 
if there was an article in the New York Times about podcast <laughs> podcast, would you read it or would you be like, I don't want to hear it? I would be like, they're just haters. Right. They're I jealous. Don't, I don't listen. They're jealous. I have nothing to apologize for. No. <laughs> um, so it sounds to me like you are kind of cutting Dan a little more of a break than I am. Like I, I am like disgusted. I'm I glad. Think... And listen, sorry to interrupt. No. Listening to him talk made me really glad I did not listen to it. Yeah, I hear that. And by the way, you won't be able to now, now that you have this okay. sort of feeling about him. Mm-hmm. I, I think where I'm cutting him slack is that I think his initial interest was, was genuine because it really was strange the way he disappeared off the face of the earth. He had this like best friend who drove him. Yeah, but if I went missing, what would you do? Are th- yeah, but that all that stuff has already happened. Like the cops have already been called. Like the cops went to his house and they were like, we spoke to him. He said he's not being held captive. But like that wouldn't satisfy me if you all of a sudden disappeared. If they were like, oh, we spoke to Lauren at her apartment and she and her housekeeper say that she's fine. I don't know what kind of crazy house Richard Simmons is living in. To, I'm serious. Yeah. Like, I don't know. But I feel like there's another way. You know, like, yeah. he's, you know, he says that, you know, that there's paparazzi outside Richard's house. That's what Richard doesn't want. Right. Well, but it's that's, that's so I think, creepy. the thing that um, a lot of folks who Dan interviews on the podcast is saying is like, we just want to know he's okay. If he wants to be done with all this, that's totally fine. We will 100% support him. And a lot of people interviewed said, this is none of my business. I'll share with you my story, but I don't care what Richard does. It's his business. He doesn't owe us anything. But the reporters know, Katie's reported this and the newspapers have reported that he's in contact with family and friends. Like he's okay. Interesting. He's okay. The picture painted on the podcast is definitely that like, they talk to all of his closest people and none and none of them have talked to him since this like one day. Well, I I didn't listen to the podcast, but that's what Katie Kirk says. And, so. and I would trust her research over my listening to the podcast. Whew. So what do you think happened to him? I You think he's just, like you think it's a housekeeper? I'm a conspiracy theorist. I mean, I'm a one of two minds. You think it was JonBenet's brother? I think it was JonBenet's okay, brother. Okay, so do I. Or I just think he was like, had had enough. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I get. I mean, I don't. He's alive and he's in his house. Yeah, I, I can see how that would wear on. I don't know. I don't. I, I bet he's just done. Yeah. And honest, honestly, Dan seems to think they're best friends. I would be like, "Fuck you, Dan! Get the fuck out of my yard!" Well, that's no. What, now I'm really not coming right. out. I was going to come out before to take out the garbage, <laughs> and now I'm never coming out to never, take out ever. the garbage. Well, and that's what I liked. So Willem, who is a drag queen from RuPaul's Drag Race, um, was also friends with him in the same sort of way. We're in like I don't think Richard had a lot of close friends, but his friends were the people that like went to his classes and like hung out with him there and stuff like that. But he said like he doesn't owe me anything. Like, I've reached out. He hasn't responded. Yeah. Great. That's his choice. I also think Dan is delusional because in another part of the podcast, he's, like, talking about how the only th- one of the only things he did before this, he's done other projects, but he was, like, the director on some children's show, and he was like, hmm. I'm just not used to adults knowing who I am and coming up and being so excited to see me, but, like, when I did this kids' show, like, kids were, like, running up to me and acting like I was a superstar, and I was thinking, no kid did that. No kid was like, I, 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 I am BD. Yeah, like, right. no kid was like, are you the director on the show I watch on Saturday mornings? Like, That's so strange. You have no idea, no self-awareness, if you think kids thought you were famous because you directed a kid's show, then I couldn't find the kid's show. I don't even know. I know I'm that's gonna, what I'm looking for. I'm right going to have a style. podcast uh, uh, where I stalk Dan. <laughs> Called Finding Dan's IMDb Yeah, credits. and I like try to figure out what on earth is going on. <laughs> that is so funny. I hope you do. Yeah. Um, here's the other thing I want to say about Katie Couric and one reason that I really love her. Um, were, did you hear about like her um, like transgender controversy a little bit? This like sounds familiar. Yeah, so she interviewed um, a trans model, Carmen Carrera, who actually, speaking of RuPaul's Drag Race, got her start on RuPaul's Drag Race as a drag queen before she was a trans woman, um, or before she was out as a trans woman. Um, so she came under a lot of fire for asking a couple questions that like were specific to her physical body, like asking if it was painful physically and asking about her private parts, asking if they were saying are, they're different now, aren't they? So. Basically, she was called on it, 
and she immediately like met with Carmen Carrera and met with Laverne Cox and understood that like this preoccupation with um, a trans person's like physical body is like objectifies them and that's not what it's about and all this stuff. And so she not only like had this mea culpa moment of like, I'm sorry, I was wrong. I I'm trying to better understand. She started a, um, like a docuseries on National Geographic Channel called Gender Revolution, A Journey with Katie Couric. Like she then sought out wow. to like help other people yeah. as well understand wow. what like the she trans She learned from her mistake big time and then did something huge about it. Isn't that crazy? And like how I would feel so differently about Dan. Like I would be so much more invested in the show and more interested if he at some point was like, whoops yeah I and like that would have become so a more in- interesting story to me yeah. like dan now the story is about you and how weird you are like i the richard simmons thing is on the back burner for me <laughs> the only thing i'm interested in is how big of a psychopath you are <laughs> and get out of my lawn <laughs> get out of my lawn i agree um so i guess we should all including dan be a little bit more like katie crick exactly i support that I wish you were a little more like Katie Couric. I get she has that such a, a cute lot. bob. You know, have you ever considered that? It would look really good with your face. I think I think that would frame my face nicely. Yeah, yeah I'll try it. Okay. <laughs> Should we jump to the next clip? Let's do it. So this one, um, it's it's strange because my clip is also sort of inspired by a podcast, but not from that podcast. Acrobat. Acrobat. Um, so this clip is from NPR's Hidden Brain, which is all about better understanding the world and the people who live in it. It's really, I love it because it combines science and facts plus like narrative and storytelling. So it's hosted by Shankar Vedantam. Um, this, the episode that this clip is from is episode 66 and it's called Liar Liar. It dives into why some people lie more than others, like why some people are just really good at lying, why lying is like a part of just being human. And the reason why I was so drawn to this episode is because I had just finished S-Town when I first listened to it. And the people in S-Town, which again, if you haven't heard of S-Town, it's the um, podcast from the folks from Serial and This American Life. And it follows this small town in Alabama um, and sort of the fascinating characters who live in it. Um, I highly recommend it. Lauren does not highly recommend it. No, no, you you should listen to it. It's good. I am the weirdo who doesn't like it. Everyone I, else likes it. I just found Listen it so, to, it. to be so wonderful. But anyway, the people interviewed in S-Town were so wildly candid. Like, mm-hmm. they shared things that were, like, incriminating about, like, their personalities and incriminating, like, like legally. <laughs> like, things they could get in trouble for. Like, they said horribly racist things. Just like, like, this dude is like, hey, I'm from New York and I have a microphone. Can I record you saying some stuff? And every single person in this town was like, yeah, heck yes. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to talk. <laughs> um, so I was trying to understand, better understand why these people would be so honest to a fault with like a stranger with a microphone, even when it would make them look so bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, do you know why I was excited about this episode? Tell me. Because I thought it was, it's called Liar Liar. I thought it was going to be about the Jim Carrey movie. And uh, boy, I was wish. I disappointed. I wish. That's a good movie. Yeah, I know. I don't always appreciate Jim Carrey's uh, film repertoire, but that one's a good one. But this was a good, this was a good clip. This is a good clip. And it it helps me to, kind of helps me to understand these folks in S-Town who were so open um, and also helps me kind of understand me because we we all lie. Um, This clip features guest Dan Airely, who is a professor at Duke and an author on the subject of lying. He's talking about the mindset of telling the truth. Here it is. Think about our oral tradition. When people go to court, uh, we swear in the beginning, right? And, And we swear in the beginning, not because we think we know already everything we've said, but we swear in the beginning because we understand as a society, as an institution, that honesty is about the mindset. And you basically say, I swear, I'll say the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And you put yourself into that state of being honest from now on. Now, what happened that over the years, uh, lawyers got into things. And instead of using the oral tradition, we sign at the end, right? Every document you sign at the end, not in the beginning. So all of a sudden, it's not about your mindset going in. It's about verification of the fact afterward. But you know what? When you get to the end, lying is over. It's done. Like imagine that you would uh, testify in court 
and you wouldn't swear in the beginning, you would swear at the end. What? You would say, oh, oh sorry, sorry, let me go back to the third thing I said. Let me change my opinion. <laughs> so what happened is that the legal tradition has kind of taken something that we all intuit quite basically, that honesty is about the mindset and change it to verification. So I think this is so interesting and it kind of makes a lot of sense. Like the idea of like promising not to lie versus like swearing you haven't lied. I've never thought about that. Before. Isn't that crazy? Well, yeah. Why you would promise not to lie at the, at the court at the beginning. And right. This, I never thought about that. And relating it back to the folks on S-Town, I would be really curious if they signed waivers in advance of the recording or after. Because at my job, you know, we film people sometimes and we often do the waiver thing after. And I think for a lot of TV, that's what they do they, if you're using like non-talent. On Nathan For You, they do it after. Exactly. And it's like, like, it feels like this idea that once it's done, people <gasps> aren't worried about it. But if they signed up front, yeah. they would be worried about like, oh, I've consented. This is going to be on so TV. So the lesson is, if you want your way, you should ask after. Get but if after. you want the real truth, you should ask before. Isn't that interesting? So interesting. Have you ever had I never a... even noticed No, that. me either. And I also didn't know that that has changed in our legal system, that now you sign something after you stand, that you're on the stand. Um, have you guys ever been under oath? No. Have you? No. I mean, I guess we, if you're on a jury, are you under oath? Oh, I suppose. Oh, actually, yeah. Because yeah. I think you yeah, do have to like promise to the judge that you'll be fair or whatever. Have we all done jury duty? Yeah. Oh. I think we all have, huh? You, <laughs> you hated it? <laughs> no. Um, I had grand jury duty, oh, which Lord. is different. Was it for murder? No. Grand jury duty means... There's not one case. There's <gasps> fucking infinity right. cases for a this. month. Oh, I had to go for a month. Gosh, every Lauren. day. That's awful. So it wasn't even. And so you're deciding in grand jury if something's gonna. So they're bad crimes, but you're just deciding if they're gonna go further in the court. So like it wasn't even like I was oh. com- saying like guilty or innocent. I was saying like yeah, this person should continue. So it was all like, you know, there was no ending ever. You were deciding if the grand jury should should see the case or right. whatever interesting so and we literally just did them over and over and over if one ended a new person came in there was no it wasn't like we get out early today it was like how many can we cram in today see you tomorrow that's That's what grand jury is that's why i didn't like it i mean i missed work like a lot of work yeah and it's not good and it's funny because there were people there that really wanted to be there and get their free lunch. And I was like, oh my I gosh. don't have time for this. There is nothing like, worse. What did I do to deserve this? But I want your grant. Like, I, it'd be fun to do like a couple days. Yeah. Mine was like three, three, four days. And it was like, you got out. That was early like a week. Afternoons. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't bad at all. Everyone was, needs that. It's like a little vacation kind of. Well, it's also a good look at the court system. And, yeah, you know. and you feel like you're an American. Yeah, totally. I felt like I was an American for like a week, and then I was like, fuck this. This is awful. Yeah. Um, okay, so going back to the Aztan, like I know you haven't listened to all of it, but you listened to, you heard some of the folks mm-hmm. being interviewed. Like, why, do, why, do you, why were they so candid? <laughs> I mean, do you think people just are like, I'm a superstar? You know what I mean? I think they're, I don't, the thing is, I wouldn't assume that these people were like that, but yeah. you know, David was it David Bowie that said we all want our fifteen minutes of fame? I think Andy Warhol. Oh poo. No, I don't know, maybe No, I, you're I right. Could be wrong. Yeah. You were right. Um it's like sometimes people will be like do anything to be on something. But so the host That's why of, I'm here. The host of S Town talked about um that a, a lot of the folks in this town had an effort attitude, like kind of like who cares like it doesn't matter and so you're from new york i don't give a shit i feel like that's part of it is that they're like this won't ever affect me like you're doing some weird like npr public radio show and they're like, kind of right i don't care right i mean now it's huge and stuff but they don't have to know that yeah. exactly yeah so i think that's part of it that is really interesting i also feel like it's just strange how because if this crime had happened in new york city Everyone, no one would be saying these right. things or no, being honest. You're so right. I feel like everyone here would would be like, I'm not talking to you. Yeah. I don't know who you are. Right. I don't know what you're doing with this. Right. I also just, in, in listening to this clip, I found it interesting to start thinking about like how much our culture does like harm, like what we consider harmless lies. Like every day, I feel like all of us engage in lying. Like if you don't want to go to a party, you like make up a conflict to spare someone's feelings or like someone gets a haircut no matter what you're just like 
wow, you got a haircut. It looks great. Even if you don't think like that, it's just part of, it's just part of what we do as people. I feel like if some, yeah. if no, some people you're never lied, the situation be better. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys find yourselves lying sometimes? <sighs> I know I do it all the time, sure but like I that do. type of thing. Yeah. I tend to just be silent. <laughs> yeah. That feels right. Um, Man. I just feel like I would be obvious if I'm lying because I'm so descriptive <laughs> and everything and yeah. open about everything. So and if like, I didn't earnest and if I didn't, <laughs> if I didn't give a lot of details about something, someone would be like, something's up with Lauren. They'd like know. this doesn't sound right. I don't know, but I probably do. I know I say I like people's dress. That's something. yeah, but that doesn't even count. Everyone does that. Yeah. But that's, that's what I mean is there are so many lies yeah. that we all do that like, quote unquote don't count or I feel like the whole making up an excuse so you don't have to go to a party that's just like not even lying that's like <laughs> exactly though that's like I've given up on that I'm just like uh, I no, don't want to go not calling <laughs> but that's what it shouldn't shouldn't we be doing that instead I mean I guess because we all instead are like oh no I have a work thing or like oh, I'm so, I'm busy that night like why can't we just say I don't oh you to. know what I can't make it I don't want to yeah I don't want to. I I think I told you and Alan this after we finished recording last week, but mm-hmm. I was listening to a podcast with um, Jessica Williams, who uh-huh. is Phoebe's partner on yeah, Tito Queens. Queens. And she said that she was in Brooklyn and saw on a graffiti and a big wall that said, no, no one cares if you don't go to the party. And I thought, <laughs> yeah. I want that on like a pillow or something because yeah. I love that. No one cares if you don't no go to the party. No one cares. That's a tangent. I'm sorry, but I, no, it's I so love true. that. But it's like, it does speak about honesty. Yeah. It's like, you can be honest. You're allowed, it's a right we have to be honest. Yep. Yeah. But it's almost like people care even less if you just make up a little lie. You know, it's like, it's like making the least waves if you're like, you're right. I'm busy that night. Uh, I have a someone I work with at work who doesn't ever send like thank you emails it's just like it's not important we don't have to have this email but it so at first it's like she's not thanking me what's going on here is she mad right. at me but then once you figure out like we had a conversation about it she's like i don't send unnecessary emails you're like oh got it got it yep cool so it's almost like once you understand the person's honest or yeah. cutting to the chase or cutting out the bullshit like yeah. it doesn't seem so weird it's like oh it feels comforting it's like oh my god i can be in an honest place with you Mm -hmm. so maybe we all just need to be like i'm gonna start being honest and i'm gonna stop having unnecessary emails that's the thing we just need to establish like okay everyone agree like no more like little little fake line so are we agreeing no more fake line eric yeah like when you told justin that you liked his haircut or did you say you liked his haircut or that you got a haircut or if i did that thing where i'm like you just acknowledge it. You just, I think you just acknowledge it, which is which I is do, fine. I do like it because because actually, how could you not like? Because I was realizing oh, though, so it's like today the, he got the Katie Couric bob. <laughs> yeah, I got the bob. <laughs> um, I was gonna make us play two truths and a lie, but can you think of one? I I can. Okay, Lauren, you do it. Um, and then okay, I have been a vegetarian my whole life. I have never consumed any Harry Potter in any movie or book form. And I was fired as a swim lessons instructor. I think I know the lie. I would kind of hope you guys know the lie. Do you know DJJ Wu? What was the second one? That I've never consumed any Harry Potter. Oh, right. My strong guess is that it's a lie that you've been a vegetarian your entire life. That's correct. I knew it. I would assume it my when best you were, friends and my husband. Yeah. Knows. When you were like a baby, your dad was a pescatarian, right? And yeah. so they fed you some, like some meat. My mom let me make my own decision. Yeah. Like she became a vegetarian when I was three and I made my own decision when I was nine. Do you have I one? I don't think I have one. I could come up with it quickly. I'd rather hear DJ J. Woo's. What? Um... <laughs> The Roots are my favorite band of all time. Uh, oh. um, Raphael is my favorite Ninja Turtle. And um, what was the other? God, I just had it. I'm like, st- ah, I fucked up. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Oh, and pizza is my favorite food. I know this one, which means you definitely know this one. 
I can't. I always get the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mixed up. I don't think Raphael is your favorite. I don't think it's Raphael. I think that's the lie. Yeah, that's probably. Oh, you're right. Yeah, but I get them all mixed up. But I did, that didn't sound. Well, because right he's me. now more popular, and and Raphael is bullshit. I think so. In Interesting. The, like, the latest movies and stuff, like because he's like. You can he's trust like Justin the alpha. On this. He's like the alpha who's not the leader. Yeah, that's he's interesting. Like, the cool like guy. what is it different about the world today that Raphael is like the cool? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Okay. I thought I thought of one. Okay. Um. I met uh, Diane Sawyer on a school trip. Plausible. I learned to snow ski when I was five. Plus. I've never broken any bones. You've never broken. You've any never bones. broken any bones. That's true. That's oh, well, there's two truths. <laughs> so, um, which guess is that? <laughs> you were like, you definitely <laughs> haven't broken any bones. Um, that'd be funny if that was a lie, because we're like so sure. <laughs> um, I bet you didn't meet Diane Sawyer. I feel like I would have heard about that. You did meet Diane. What? You tell me. That's how this game works. What's your guess, DJ Jaywood? No, I don't think you met Diane Sawyer. Wow. I did meet Diane Sawyer on a school did? trip. How has this cool never come up? I mean, it was like a Who high school. Who are you even? Yeah. School. That's, we that's like went to the cool. anything else you're hiding? <laughs> a few yeah. things. Um, I have n- <laughs> I have never broken bones. I get I get it. What? Monty the cat. Um, I have never I have never broken any bones. Okay, so and we were right about that. I learned to water ski when I was five, not snow ski. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're being a little. Picky. Mm-hmm. I, I actually now that I think about it, I should have I should have done that. Yeah, because I don't really snow ski. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I like that game. Yeah. Um, are we ready for a jingle jangle? Yes. Okay. I think I'm go on. You, oh, go ahead. Do you have a guess? Because here's the thing, you guys. I um I do have a guess. I didn't put this one in the show notes because the jingle jangle this week is a surprise. Is it from our show? Maybe. Okay, go on. I know what it is. But I I Still excited. <laughs> so this is an extra special jingle jangle because it's a surprise for Lauren, although you've guessed it. Um, once in a while, there's a clip so perfect for one of our segments that the moment you experience it, you immediately write yourself so many notes so that you won't forget. And this is one of those times. A couple episodes ago, Lauren was inspired by Kate Micucci's on-the-fly songwriting, so she thought she'd try her hand at quick songwriting herself. The song you're about to hear is based on real life, sort of, and has already won six grammy awards last time i checked it only won five so well, that number is climbing refresh yo browser baby <laughs> <laughs> are you having a good day sir i am i'll tell you why in a quick sec last week it was my birthday and my mom gave me a gift that was whimsically correct it was a cute little baby robot because she keeps giving me shit for not having my own kid. I love my cute little baby robot. It doesn't require food, air, or a lid. I leave my cute little baby robot in my closet all day and night. It's the easiest little baby you ever did see. No breastfeeding, no burping, it doesn't even pee. But when I feel like seeing my cute little baby robot, I take her out of the closet and pull her around and dance with my cute little baby robot. We're the most precious mommy and baby in town. That's right. I really feel like this is going to be a classic lullaby that will be in the canon for our children and generations to come. On second lesson, I'm not sure it makes sense, but... um, I'm strongly disagreeing. I could work on it. <laughs> it's so funny. This is um, not the first time I've played a clip of you singing on our own podcast for Jingle Jangle. That's true. <laughs> I love it when you I sing. I do like to sing a lot. I make up songs all the time when I'm feeding Monty. That. Yeah. Yeah, you guys have a lot of Monty songs, right? Yeah. What are some good ones? Don't cry for me, Monty Herman. <laughs> the truth is, I'm about to feed you. <laughs> I sing that one almost every day. That's yeah. a good one. I oh oh my god, this is like too much. But like, my favorite song to sing in the apartment, just to be annoying, yeah, is when I pray. Oh my god, do I pray? 
And I said, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know what song I'm singing? You, you made this one up, right? This is one of no. your originals. I'm just oh, kidding. Oh, okay. No, I, know this one. I mean, I don't know if people know this song. <laughs> I, I really hate that song, but it's real fun Wait, to sing. Wait, why do you sing it if you hate it? Because it's fun to sing. It it's is like, a fun one. What's going on? You know, and I pray. Oh, my God, do I pray? I mean, tell me that's not fun to sing. That's it's fun. It's annoying as shit. No, not so, yet. Justin, like, poor Justin. Oh, gosh. That's so funny. I well, I love when you Can sing, I and I love when you love singing. Um, if you started a band, what would you call it? Google Caracas. That's a good. That's a really good answer. Yeah. If you guys don't know, that's Lauren's favorite search engine and favorite Arepa bar combined. <laughs> In case you didn't guess. <laughs> that's like duh. that's like you know how you it's like you have a um you know like a rock star name generator. It's like you use your like first pet name or whatever. Yeah. That's that's the standard band name right. generator. Is your favorite search engine. And your favorite Arepa bar. See, this is why I thought that we would nail the newlywed <laughs> game. Because, like, we know these things about each other. But, like, turns out those aren't the kind of questions. Turns out those weren't no. what they were asking. Um, well, please, please keep on songwriting, Lauren. Because oh, I, I just love it. Check will do. <laughs> yes. Affirmative. Um, should we get to segment segment? Let's do it. This is our segment where we talk about something not podcast related. Because we're dynamic people. We have other interests, guys. You. Yeah. Um, I'm going to really quickly throw mine out there. Uh, my segment segment is about keeping prescription drugs around. Just like all over the place? <laughs> no, like, like at your, your home. Pockets? No, like at your home. I displaced my rib because I think... Did I, you break it? No, because no, no. earlier... Oh, liar, liar. I didn't break it. I did displace it. Mm, I think because I started running again. <laughs> You, that's not even the one you guessed, though. So it's not like you would have retroactively been right about the okay. t- two truths and a lie. Um, so I think because I started running again, I displaced my rib. I'm sorry. And it was so <laughs> uncomfortable. Let's focus on the actual, like, I'm sorry, <laughs> my friend. I was I was like so, and it's happened before a little bit where it like feels like it's shifted. It's like a back rib. Anyway, it's because your sternum is so big. It's because there's like so much going on. Yeah. Um, I was in so much pain and Alan Lane was like, you have these like muscle relaxers from like two and a half years ago like pop one of those god bless alan lane it was the best answer and i don't uh i don't encourage abusing prescription drugs no but just like kind of like baby abusing sometimes it's like an emergency and you're like i'm really glad i have this like percocet or whatever you have you know i i like that i don't think there should be any shame in popping some pills no if they help why not and i went from like miserable to just like so comfortable oh my god and the blink of an eye. Right. And like, so what's the argument against, you know, like do it. Right. Do it. I love it. That's a great segment. I guess segment. technically you should consult with your doctor first. <laughs> I just consult with my younger sister who's a nurse and I call her that Dr. Counts. Lauren. Yeah. That counts. That counts. Dr. Lauren says it's fine. It's true. Um, My segment segment this week is Lit Hub Daily, which it's like this newsletter that probably no one is going to subscribe to except for me <laughs> and my coworkers. Um, it's like a book based email mm-hmm. that you can get. And like, okay, so today's alone, like, okay, so I get it every morning at like 10 in the morning and I seriously, seriously look forward to it. And when I see it, I seriously, seriously get happy because Aww. it's really enjoyable. It's always links to articles by kind of like, I don't know. They're always kind of obscure yeah. topics and by kind of obscure writers. And I never feel bad about reading it because it's part of my job to read it. So yeah. I'm always like, uh-oh, rats, gotta read Lit Hub Daily. <laughs> but I'm like winking because I'm like, it's part of my job, but it's so enjoyable. <laughs> like, okay, so they always say like today, this day and whatever, whatever. So today, uh, which is... April 19th yep. in eight, 1989, Daphne du Maurier. Daphne du Maurier. Uh huh. Who wrote Rebecca and this book that I'm reading right now, my cousin Rachel, which is amazing, she died on this day in 1989. Huh. Um, some other topics what every writer can learn about coaching youth sports. Um, <laughs> what? Most of the alien stories we tell are really just about us. Um, 31 vintage posters telling you to read a damn book. That's fun. I mean, it's stuff like this where it's like, you're like, I can't believe someone like sat down and wrote that. And I'm so grateful. 
And I love seeing who, like what authors I recognize. Anyway, I highly recommend subscribing. It's really fun. Well, that's so cool. And tells me that you like love your job and are passionate about what you do because that sounds terrible to me. (gasps) Okay. But you probably I signed you up for it. Oh, good. Thank you. (laughs) But you would probably hate reading like playbill.com, like the theater site that I read every day. Well, I signed you up for it and here's what's going to happen. I'm going to text you every day and be like, okay, <laughs> let's press the open button at the same time. One, two, three, open. And I'm like, oh, an Daphne author. died. <laughs> oh, uh, I very much look forward to that. See you tomorrow morning. Yeah. I love you. And then I'll text you and I'll be like, did you see that Betsy Wolf is going into Waitress on maybe. Broadway? Maybe. What time do you get Playbill? Because maybe we can open our own at the same time and just like be happy at the same time together That's such a good in our idea. separate worlds. It's like couples sleeping in separate beds after 45 years and one of them I snores. Okay. I love that. I'll, so I'll check the site every every morning at 10 a.m. when okay. you get your email. All right. Done. See you there. I love this. <laughs> and if I hope you have no meetings ever at 10 a.m. Oh, that might be a cancel. problem. I'll cancel them all. Okay. DJ Wu, what's your segment segment? Um, mine is the Nintendo Switch. Ooh. What's which that? has been a hard to find video game console <laughs> for all those nerds out there. Why is it it's, hard to find? It's like exclusive. Uh, no, I think Nintendo was trying to limit the number of units that they would sell off at first they i think they were trying to cagey they were trying yeah they were being they were being caged yeah they they um have made the the switch in limited numbers and it's slowly getting into more and more people's hands anyways i sought it out because of two people i trust their opinions on uh for gaming i'm a big nintendo fan those two people were like, yeah, this is like this game or uh, Zelda spe- specifically mm. was like, you can't not play this game. Which so I was like, all right, fine. I'll drop, I'll drop the money and do this thing. And then I've been kind of like sneaking in like 45 minutes here, an hour there, you know, during my days. And, um, it's, it's really gratifying. Like I, I don't, I don't really, I'm not a gamer. But this is like, this is like my childhood reincarnate, in in like I the best that. way possible. So it's like, so it's like the it's gaming really cool. system for people who don't even consider themselves gamers. I mean, Ooh. that's kind of what Nintendo's play is in a lot of ways, right? They get the casual gamer, and like I'm like, a beyond like I'm slightly past the cusp of casual gamer, but I'm also like, I want very specific things. So it's like they've hit a sweet spot. Oh, They're for like me, so definitely. smart. Well, because mm. like. Zelda is like my favorite game of all time, like or my favorite franchise of all time. So like, the fact that they launched with that title, I was like, ah, oh, fuck! Like I was sitting there thinking, <laughs> I should have pre-ordered, and blah 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 blah. Like I should have just like done the whole thing and not like hemmed and hawed about it. And then finally, I got confirmation from two people. I was like, yeah, that it's legit. And I was like, all right, fine, I'm I got it. it. I got to do it because like I don't know, I don't want to waste time. Like, now you play games and you're like you feel like you feel like you're wasting time. I don't know. Like I feel like I'm I'm kind of wasting my time even though I'm in, like having such a good time. No, like, no, if you're having fun. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's a waste of time. I feel like we all pick our no, thing. No, but it feels it's like different if than that's like good. if I'm like you reading just, a book, I'm like it. I did some shit. Like I enriched my life. And also know. we watch like hours of Bravo. So I feel like you take your like you time however that's true. you want. That's true. Yeah. Anyways, that was girl. that was my that was mine. Yeah. That's I think so. <laughs> me popping prescription pills. That's me time. <laughs> I love that. Thank you for being our great editor. She's the greatest. It's true. And if you want to tell us how much you love Kara Hughes, or you want to suggest a podcast for us to listen to, email us at love your podcast at gmail.com or tweet us at love your podcast thanks guys see you another time